listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Well, I knew this time would come. It comes every single year, like clockwork. Starts about the second week of January and reaches until the end of February that I get a lot of people asking the question about separation. The reason is because there is a spike in separations this time of year. A lot of it has to do with the fact that people have made some New Year's resolutions to move things along in some way. Whether it's, I've got to figure this relationship out, or I've got to move out, or something's got to change, and it begins to impact relationships. So people begin to make their plans before the end of the year, and it's about now that now they have them in place, and things are starting to unwind a little bit. In my quick start guide that's part of my Save the Marriage system, I talk about the different stages, the different levels of, of the crisis, the marriage crisis, all the way from the basic level where you just know something's wrong and maybe you haven't even voiced it to each other yet, but you just know things aren't quite right. The cool thing about the, that level one point is it's pretty easy to fix. It's a matter of getting the connection going and, and, and working on changing yourself a little bit and creating that new path of becoming a we. It's, it's not a hard work. And so lots of times when people come that way, they're, they're finishing this process in a couple of weeks, they have it down. Each level on up, all the way to the point when there is a legal process going on and people are separated and they are fully disconnected, at every level in between, there are certain stages that are big jumps in the acuity. You know, when a spouse says, hey, I'm not happy, something's got to change. That's one level up of acuity than just you recognizing for yourself something's not right and you got to fix things. Now, when we talk about separation, that's a bigger leap. When somebody actually separates, it's not just from one level to the next. It's one level and then a big leap to that level. Because the person has made a choice to change residence at that point. Not just that they're upset about things, not that there's a lot of fighting or there are lots of other pieces, but there's actually now a, a breach in the relationship. So this is one of those acuity jumps that happens that a lot of times people take kind of lightly. They're just like, oh, well, we're just separating. Things haven't been working, so we'll separate, see how that goes. Part of the problem with that is it creates two issues that compound. The first one is that now there's less opportunity for connection. So if we go back to my theory that a marriage relationship, the lifeblood of a marriage relationship is connection. And in fact, that is the lifeblood of every relationship, but it's particularly true of a marriage the difference is, let's say that you have a friendship and you all have a connection together with somebody, let's, just some friend. You probably can think of some friend in your past that you had a connection with. You, you, you kind of had a bond together and, and you talked about things and you really had you know, a, a tight friendship that suddenly one day was no longer a friendship. And the reason it was, is it lost the friendship is because there was no connection there anymore. Maybe they moved away. Maybe you got into a disagreement over something, but something happened to the connection. It ruptured. And as the disconnection got deeper and deeper, more fully disconnected, the friendship just ended. 
Now, a lot of times we kind of grieve that when we lose a friendship, but it's very different than when a marriage loses its connection because that is supposed to be our primary relationship for connection. So when that primary relationship for connection, the one where we promise to always be there in spite of whatever the days throw our way, when the connection there goes away, it's much more painful and much more dangerous. It threatens our well-being. It threatens our, uh, our family and our status and lots of other pieces. And so that's a danger. So when there's a separation, the first effect is that it creates less opportunity for rebuilding the connection. And if a marriage is going to get back on track, it's going to be because the connection is rebuilt. So the separation makes it harder to connect, making it harder to move the relationship beyond where it is now. The second thing that's a problem is that a separation is an artificial method of feeling better. Because you're not really solving anything. You're not actually solving anything at all. You're just getting away from what feels like is, is the problem. When that happens, nothing changes but the pain level. The underlying issues aren't any different. Whatever you've been arguing about, disagreeing about, having a hard time with, nothing's changed of that except for you're no longer in the vicinity of each other, and so it doesn't get pushed on. So let's say that you have a place on your body that's injured. I can kind of relate to this these days. Um, Doing jujitsu, I talked with someone, I say, you know, sometimes I wake up in the morning and I have some pain somewhere, and I'm like, I wake up every morning (laughs) feeling like I have a pain somewhere uh, because um, I'm constantly, you know, getting bruised somewhere. So right now I have this sore place on my chest. I don't notice it unless I push against it. If I don't push against it, it's not that whatever the injury is on the inside, whatever the bruising is that caused the pain, it's not that it's gone. I just don't experience it because I'm not pushing against it. And the same thing is true in a separation. Whatever pains and hurts are true in your relationship, they haven't been changed by the separation. You're just no longer pushing on each other. You're no longer hitting each other's little injuries. And because of that, it can feel like relief, but it hasn't changed anything underneath. Everything's still the same. Part of what happens that causes a a, a separation is the problem of space. As I've said lots of times before, when people can't find the emotional space they're looking for, they create physical space. Often in a relationship, when things are tough, the first place to go is not a separation. In fact, that usually is because they don't see any other option. And we'll talk about that in just a minute, about how to to make that shift. But understand that that physical space may become more and more necessary to someone because they can't get the safe emotional space that they're looking for. So what do I mean by emotional space? If you think about surrounding your relationship as kind of being a glass bubble, it's hard. The glass bubble, the two of you are in that bubble. It's it's a hard bubble. It's a solid bubble. Now, within that glass bubble that's solid, you have two uh, more like bubbles that expand and contract. And that's each of you have a, a place of emotions. So the more emotional space you're taking in, you know, whether uh, you're upset or happy or excited, but your, your emotional space fills, 
it takes away from the space inside of that glass bubble and crowds the other person sometimes. So let's say that somebody is, is pulling away, contracting their emotional bubble away, but you're not wanting that. And so you expand your emotional bubble. You're upset, you're begging, you're trying to pull them back, you're trying somehow to get their attention and you're expanding against them and they're feeling more and more pressed up against the solid piece of that glass bubble. Eventually, they're gonna ask to get outside of that glass bubble. So oftentimes people say, you know what, I just need space to figure this out. And what they're meaning is I need some emotional space where we're not constantly in each other's emotions so that I can figure out what's going on inside of me. And the other person can't give emotional space. And so eventually the person who can't get emotional space causes physical space to say, okay, if I can't get it in this glass bubble, I'm out of the glass bubble. I'll separate. I'll move somewhere else. I'll get to a different place so that I can be more comfortable. That's the separation. So let's talk a little bit about why people might separate. When is it time to separate? First of all, let me give kind of the disclaimer here, the one reason that I absolutely think you should separate. This is the reason that no matter how much you're going to argue with me or somebody's going to argue with me about this, I'm going to stay committed to the fact that if this is the case, you need to separate. And that is abuse. When there is abuse, there needs to be separation. Because now we're not talking about emotional space, we're talking about safety. So it's a great time to separate when there is abuse. So that's the big point. The only time I really think that separation is important is with abuse for safety reasons. You see, abuse is not about somebody just trying to hurt somebody. It's about somebody trying to overpower somebody, to take control, to get them to shrink in who they are. Not only that, but they put them at risk. It's a threat, a threat in reality, and a threat to their state of being. And so in those times, I do think it's important to separate. Some people have said, so how long do I separate with that? And, and that, unfortunately, is not a question that uh, I need to answer as much as that needs to be done with professional help. Because abuse is dangerous, whether it, you feel like that or not. It is dangerous. It tends to escalate. It tends to get worse. Now, that's physical abuse. Emotional abuse, I think, is also a risky thing, too. The problem is emotional abuse is hard for some people to recognize. And so a lot of times emotional abuse begins to escalate over time to the point where somebody feels like they can't be a person except for who that other person wants them to be. That's emotional abuse when they're manipulated, when they're forced, when they're constantly berated, called names. All those pieces are parts of emotional abuse. Now, what emotional abuse, abuse does not mean is that in an argument, somebody says something mean. That's what we do in arguments. It's a regular pattern over time. If the argument is a constant argument, that's a different matter. If you think that you might be, uh, if you, first, if you know that you have been physically abused, it is time for you to separate to be safe. Second, if you think you might be in the midst of emotional abuse, you want to talk with somebody to see whether uh, that you're, you're correct about that so that you can get the help you need. And please don't play that down. 
if it's abuse, please recognize that is not your fault, nor is it your responsibility. You need to get help with that. So the other reason that people separate is because the spouse refuses to see any other option. That's the other reason you might separate. Your spouse cannot see any other option and will not entertain any other option. So it's a point of last resort. If you don't know what else to do, you may decide to go along with the insistence of a spouse to go ahead and separate. But recognize that that's the last-ditch effort. The problem is many times we look at it as binary. Either we're together or we're separate. We live together or we separate. And I want you to think that that, that's a binary explanation. So the spouse is going, okay, either we live together and be miserable or we separate and find some peace. That's the only two options your spouse is seeing and they don't want to be miserable. So recognize that peace and then recognize that there's a third option. To think of it as separation of residence, then there's a possibility of in-house separation And then there's a possibility of actually taking action together to resolve the issue. Those are all three valid points. You can live in different places. However you do that, if you live in different places, you're physically separated. Or you could decide that you're going to stay in the same household and have some level of separation. What level of separation is something that you negotiate? You may decide that you're not going to eat together or not spend evenings together, or somebody's going to be in a spare bedroom, or somebody's going to be in a spare bedroom, uh, stay separate at meals, and stay separate in the evenings. I mean, there can be different levels of that separation in-house, depending on how much space the person feels they need. The important part of that is negotiating what that looks like. Remember, If they can't get emotional space, they take physical space. And so often what happens is when there is uh, an emotional space uh, and they try to live it out in an in-house separation, one person gets anxious, crowds the other person, and it leads to the physical separation where they're both in different residents. So when you talk about that and negotiate what that looks like, recognize that sometimes you have to renegotiate a little bit and figure out how to have that in-house separation so that you have a chance of at least being in each other's vicinity and actually beginning to work on some of the issues that might allow you to move back together. The other option is just to say, hey, we're all in. Both of us are all in. We want things to be different. Let's not crowd each other out emotionally, and let's work on our issues together. That's the best place to be. The next best place to be is that in-house separation, and then there's a big leap in acuity to the place where there is uh, physical separation in different places. Now, remember... Again, we're talking about trying to avoid, if at all possible, if not, to try to get an in-home separation, if at all possible, unless there's abuse, at which point the separation is important. I'm going to be talking more about separation in the next episode of what do you do before you separate if you can't do that in-house, if the person insists that you have to have an out-of-house separation. I'm going to talk about some things that you negotiate ahead of time. But if you're trying to figure out how to restore it, if you need a process of restoring the relationship, that's the Save the Marriage system. And you can find that by going to savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. Listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, 
please visit us at savethemarriage.com. Thank you.